Welcome to the Queer Arabs podcast. This is Alia. And this Ellie. Oh, it's Nadia and Ellie. We're both here. <laughs> yes, very much here. Hello. <laughs> yeah, and our guest who, I'm just going to let our guest introduce yourself. Yeah, um, okay. go for it. <laughs> hi, 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 the, Arab, the Queer Arab podcast, Queer, focus on queer. Um, <laughs> hi, I'm Hamza. My name is Hamza Dawood. Uh, Dawood, I'm from... Jordan. I'm all the way from Jordan. I'm Palestinian. I'm a second generation Palestinian refugee. Um, and I am coming to you as kind of in, in the, in, with the hat of being one of the uh, co-research leads on an amazing project that we'll get to talk about uh, today. Um, and just a, a, like an activist scholar in that space, I feel. Yeah, um, I love that. And uh, shout out to Amara for connecting us. Thank you, Amara. Yes. <laughs> um, so this is really cool because you're going to hear another perspective. Um, you know, we had Amara on and um, we talked about the survey that's going on um, in conjunction with Queer Crescent. Mm -hmm. um, and so Hansa is also working on that as a co-researcher, co right? Yes, yes, yes. I'm I'm a co-research lead on the project, but yeah. Yeah. So happy to be awesome. here. <laughs> yeah, I'm also. I should probably so say so that people know. I am queer. I'm very queer. Uh, I'm also. Not this podcast. Um, I know. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Woo! Um, the big shock of the century. Um, I am also trans. I use they she pronouns. Um, and I would say I'm non-binary trans femme. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, it's a process. It takes time. Um, and I like and love writing and talking about queer Arabs, trans Arabs, uh, queer Muslims awesome. and trans Muslims, because I'm also um, that, <laughs> of that variety. Yeah. Um, so yeah, again, happy to be here. <laughs> we are just a group of scandalous queer Arabs on this <laughs> yes. podcast. Yes, <laughs> yes, scandalous. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, well, I know the listeners have heard about the survey, um, but do you want to give from your perspective, like how it's been going, um, I guess, kind of what the inspiration was behind it for you? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, the survey has been going great. It's been like overwhelmingly uh, well received, uh, maybe well received isn't the word, but it's been overwhelmingly like welcomed received. into the community. Yeah. Received, yes, there yeah. we go. Um, like people are taking it, you know, uh, we have, a little over 500 respondents right now. And honestly, Amara and I were talking, we thought we were gonna get like 100 maybe and <laughs> shoot for the stars. Um, but you know, it's gonna be open for a couple of months, a couple more months. And we're really excited to see a lot more of our community come out, right? And, and share their experiences. Um, and that takes me to like, you know, the inspiration. Um, the name of the survey is Presencing Ourselves and there's intention behind that, right? Um, I think queer and trans Muslims exist at this uh, place of a margin within a margin. You hear that a lot and um, it makes sense, right? Because uh, we're, you're dealing with uh, anti-Muslim racism as it manifests in the US, right? Institutionally, uh, systematically, you're dealing with hatred and bitterness and um, violence really at the hands of your community, right? Your Muslim community, but also um, communities that exist outside of our circles, right? So it's it's a it's a painful place to be in, and yet there's this like desire to be loud and be present and just be angry, also just be angry and hold our space, right? Um, so that's that's kind of how 
I like my joy in the project came, right? Um, like as part of Queer Crescent, right? We exist at this intersection of gender justice, of um, you know, healing justice, of uh, movement towards abolition and bodily autonomy. So it's it it just makes sense, right? This kind of project that literally presences our experiences and documents our existence is very exciting and it's very beautiful, right? Um, it gives us a chance to say that we're here for anything else. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And um, where do you see the statistics or like the data um, hopefully being used? Yeah, no, there's a, a lot of places um, that I see the data being helpful in. Um, first, it's helpful for us, our community, right? In terms of just documenting ourselves, like it, it, it'd be so nice to go to a survey and say, oh my God, like we're here, right? For all the young kids out there, for for our youth kind of not, not accessing that. And then now having kind of a data set that says, oh my God, I'm here. And there are experiences that are similar to my own. I'm not alone in my experiences. This isn't kind of a, a, a way of life that I'm experiencing just solely by myself, um, which is which is really exciting, right? Data as story. Um, also data for policy, right? Um, policy relies on data. Um, it's a data-driven world at this point, mm -hmm. uh, which is not the most exciting thing, right? Um, I think I love stories. I love people talking about themselves. I love our oral histories and that is what is mostly present and that's beautiful. And yet we live under capitalism and patriarchy and, you know, a society that demands that we, we like show that we exist. You know what I mean? What does that mean? Like, of course I'm here. I'm talking, you know, like, well, yeah, that, that ruthless <laughs> quantification of existence. You know? Yes. Like what, it, like, what the fuck is up with that? Um, um, <laughs> it's, I mean, if you want to get into what actually is up with that, it's basically based in worker productivity and corporatization, yeah. blah, blah, yes. blah. Yes, no, literally, it's it's a it's a matter of labor and a matter of quantifying bodies, not people. Um, so yeah, so so policy, it'll help really implement policy that is supportive to queer and trans Muslims, right, across different domains, right. When we talk about queer and trans Muslims, it's really difficult to like talk about politics if we're talking about identitarian politics, right. I can't really say every queer and trans Muslim is the same exact way, but because we're asking questions across a multitude of sectors, we have kind of quantifiable ways to look at people's experiences in those sectors, in immigration, in policing and the surveillance state, in kind of family mm -hmm. relationships, in their relation to the mosque. Um, that's exciting, you know? Plus it has a lot of over, this is of course going to run into the whole conflation of uh, Muslim equal Arab, which is not, Yeah. Uh, but it does help with that in its own way, just because it does quantify an existing population and be like, well, yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, one thing that I think Queer Crescent is uh, really good with, but also uh, kind of actively working on addressing right now is, uh, you know, addressing uh, Sunni supremacy and Arab supremacy within Islam and the ways that Islam and Muslims are perceived, right? Um, I think talking about that in relation to the massacre that happened uh, recently in Albuquerque, right? Um, uh, like there's a there's a focus through the survey on uplifting, again, the margins within the margins within the margins, folks who have been kind of silenced by all the systems that make up a queer and trans Muslim life, right? Um, which is really cool, right? And there's a lot of work towards naming and presencing 
the Muslims, right, first, and then the queer and trans Muslims who have been mm. present, right, Black and, and or African Muslims who have been present in the U.S. experiencing life prior to 9-11 and the Arabification of Islam in the U.S., right, and that yeah. um, many different avenues where presencing ourselves kind of starts taking on so many different meanings, right, yeah. uh, which is cool. I mean, there's also that and the fact that it's not just government and corporate use of the numbers that's good, that can be used for good. You can also mm -hmm. use it in community centers. You can take it to like a mosque yes. and say, hey, maybe we should have. Yes, yes. Or, you know, these people do exist. This isn't just an Ameri yep. a white people thing. So oh, maybe yeah. it's like, and you, Absolutely. Maybe, and you can maybe start to force discussions, you know, on trans women or trans men in the mosque and mm -hmm. their treatment or perhaps yep. programs you know, all that good stuff. You no, know? literally, yeah. yeah the, I mean, the hope like, is that it's used across, like, you know, levels of, of different organizations, right? Nonprofits mm -hmm. can use this data. Like, community centers can use this data. Mainstream Muslim organizations that, like, it's, are extremely homophobic and queerphobic can use this information, you know? Uh, numbers are not just for white people. Yes, that is for sure. <laughs> yeah, this, um, this reminds me, this also makes me think about, um, it was, the beginning of our podcast like four years ago when it started and we had mm. someone on we had to take the episode down um but mm. she runs a women's mosque and it turns out it's extremely transphobic mm. um and so like even in these like spaces that you would think are progressive mm -hmm. um there's still so much that like so much erasure going on yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah. and and like you like we we talk about it and we quantify it and then there's a need to kind of understand where it stems from right like you, uh, in in terms of just talking about you know because muslim women are also kind of a margin within a margin right and then that experience of patriarchy reproduced against trans women is a version of trans misogyny that you can like you know you're harmed by and you're just your heart breaks by it right and at the same time you kind of you're fighting for the liberation of all of us right there's there's that need to for the collective liberation right um be it through my work in queer crescent or outside of my work with queer crescent there's always that desire to be a part of building a future that is for all of us right um rather than kind of a you know, um, it just let, lets go of community in a way that is harmful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or let's just do what we've always done, where it's like, why should we open up these spaces? We've never had a need for them before. So. Right. Right. Abolish all spaces. <laughs> no, no. I meant more like <laughs> that's being the, the excuse that people for not changing. Well, we've mm. never ha had these right this need before, and you mm -hmm. know, numbers can say. Well, maybe, maybe you now. did. You just didn't look at it. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. And I feel like that's really a big, a big deal for like even uh, like queer Arab or like Arab mm -hmm. spaces and Muslim spaces, because a lot of the funding for those can be sometimes is usually raised within the community, and it's it's a harder sell when you're trying to say, well, we're going to open up these spaces for queer folks, but how much community right. funding are we going to lose as a result? Right. Right. When and that speaks to kind of another element. Of, of like the, what I hope towards, right? Like what I, what I built towards, which is like community work, right? Like there's an emphasis on assimilating into the American Western ideal of um, 
acceptance that I don't necessarily like. Um, and there are ways to approach community that tap into what already exists in the community, right? Like our oral histories, right? Like what could be captured by a survey talking to people from the community, right? It's like there are ways to tap into community and foster some level of change where it no longer feels like this community center is doing something so foreign to the community because the, the community answered yeah. this survey, yeah. you know what I mean? Like there's a, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's exciting. So that's so a lot of exciting stuff. <laughs> um, I, we can definitely talk more about the survey, but on that note, I kind of, um, want to also hear about your work and your perspective as a community organizer in general. Um, you said something interesting about um, needing to understand where people are coming from, even if they're like participating in your oppression, which I think is always, uh, it's always a, a weird conversation, right? Mm -hmm. um, about, I, and I, I was having a conversation similarly, and I was kind of making this distinction between what I think I want to do as just a person living my personal life versus right. what I think productive work as a community organizer, like the idea that you need to be friends with people with different, I'm like, I don't know if you need to be friends, but as an oh, organizer, yeah. it is your, it, it's, you can be like, this has a purpose, right? Right. Even, yeah. Even, honestly, even as an organ, like I, when I say I, I want to understand them, it doesn't mean yeah. I'm in space with them. Like that, those are, yeah. in, in my mind, those are two like different things because like I think I, in in community, right? In in seeing how things work, right? In learning about the world, you 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 can tell how systems and institutions are set up to kind of harm people mm -hmm. in different ways, right? And you do that through reading. Like people write, you know, you don't have to talk to people; just read what they write, right? And 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 you start to understand the different ways that people are influenced and are affected, um, and. I think like in thinking about community organizing, right? I still am very um, cognizant of who I surround myself in a community, in, in, in a space of community organizers, right? Like I, I would want to surround myself with a bunch of communists and socialists, right? I would want to surround myself with a bunch of uh, folks who believe in abolition, right? That is an inherent quality of the community organizing space that I want to do, but that doesn't mean that the community that I aspire to build doesn't include everyone, right? In right. terms of like abolition, right? And if, if like to commit to abolition is to commit to the idea that prisons are obsolete, right? That they're, that's one element of it, right? That the idea of punishment is obsolete, right? What does it mean to live in a world free of punishment? It means you live in a world where systems are set up so that no one needs to be punished, right? Like the, there's no need to punish anyone because everyone's needs are met. And that is like inherently tied to the way that I think about community organizing, but that also, do, like, I don't want to fucking hang out with <laughs> like anyone. Yeah, who, it's also not you know where you have I mean? to start, right? Like that's not where yes. So it's not necessarily yeah. that you need to start by, you yes. don't have to start with everybody. Cause like, right. we're all only Why one. Why would I want to do that? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, you want to come for hookah? And you want to shit on my face? Like, I don't. What, what are we doing? Honestly, like maybe we'll just win over everybody with hookah. I like, mean, maybe that's how it's Let's go. talk about it in this essay. I will literally, like, truly, hookah. Hookah is a lifesaver, <laughs> even though it kind of. 
also it's the opposite of that but you know I yeah know. it was a little i was like even though it shortens your life a little it's bit like a uh, damaging, a uh, <laughs> yeah physically damaging but um in every other way in <laughs> every opposite. other way <laughs> i mean but it fits into that millennial you know it would be okay if i just died right now energy so just a little I mean, bit of that i mean yeah there there's go. also that yeah. element of it <laughs> yeah I'm gonna say something kind of like I don't know, not not fucked up on my part, but just going to fucked up territory to bring this up this way. So I would always say like if I'm gonna become an influencer, it's gonna be for like one of those um, like shisha cannabis vape pens, because like who else would sponsor me? Hell yeah, yeah. Right. But now now like it, it's a little weird because that's like very close to what Brittany Griner was arrested for. <laughs> Yeah, yeah yeah and you don't yeah. you don't want to do that right yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway i don't know well, <laughs> see now we're I at like a the awkward, the awkward <laughs> silence because it all just hit us like the reality oh, like, hit us. Oh, we yeah. have to like pause and be like exactly we're like wait <laughs> and it, it was hash too it wasn't just like it was like, right. just weed yeah. no 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 i i tried oh. to do a little bit of that on my tiktok and i was like wait a minute i am a refugee i shouldn't be doing this right now <laughs> i don't have permanent documents <laughs> good point oh god <laughs> well um yes yeah, speaking of actually do you want to um tell the listeners a bit more about your background and like family just anything that yeah. you are comfortable sharing yeah no absolutely awesome. um so I'm from Jordan. Uh, I said that at the start, but I was born and raised there. Um, and I came to this empire in when I was 18. Um, so I came here for university. Um, but you know, typical, I think, queer trans Arab story. Um, just like growing with Jordan was shit for um a little, a little, a little doll like me. And um you know, it was like, you were, you're not alone, you know, kind of who's queer and trans and Arab, um, but you, you're not talking about it, obviously, because you're all like, dealing with it. Um, and that ultimately informed the way that I carried myself in high school, right, in terms of just, you know, like, hyper masculinity, like, trying to really hide it. And I ended up coming to college here, and I went to Stanford. Um, so that was cute, very overwhelming, but cute. Um, and I met a lot of folks there that really helped me kind of uh, arrive into a comfort with my queerness and transness. Um, but there was always a fear, obviously. So it was definitely very much like a double life, right? So um, you start coming into your queerness and transness and you're on campus and it's very comfortable, but like your parents visit or you go home and it's like a whole different story, right? Um, so I ultimately started getting more kind of infatuated by our histories um, and the ways that they're not documented and the ways that they are documented um, and just wanted to study it more, right? Um, so I started researching and I started uh, doing some work on uh, like homoeroticism in Arab poetry um, and just the histories of queer, queer Arabs. I say queer and trans Arabs, even though like you know, the four of us know, like those words don't necessarily encompass the, the, the true nature of our relation to sexuality and gender expansiveness. Um, 
but I got to do that, right? And like research it and and it's beautiful. Like, are, are you all familiar with uh, Abu Nuwas? Yeah. Yeah, okay. homoerotic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, very, very homoerotic. Uh, kind of, ex- kind of. Explain it to a pleb like me, real quick. Okay, Abu Nuwas is a classical uh, Abbasid era poet um, from like kind of seven hundredth century. Though uh, my, it's like it's it's classical Arab poetry basically. Um, and he's just the he's just a flaming, flaming, flaming. That's it. That's the end of that word because it's it's an F word that I don't know if we say yeah. it on here. Um, but That's yes, he is that. So um, hot. Yeah, so hot. Oh my god, so hot. The poetry, like hot, hot. Um, but anyways, but you like read it and you see this this history of like just just this thread of homo eroticism, homo socialism that carries forward in modern Arab queer and Arab trans novels in, a, in such a beautiful way that you just can't deny kind of the, the history that already exists there. Um, so I did that for research. I did my master's at Stanford too, and I continued some of the research to think about futurities and, and just different arts and um, just the ways that we've like done shit over the years, our ancestors, right? Um, and yeah, and then I ended up working with Queer Crescent now. I do a lot of organizing um, with you know, Palestine um, and specifically Korean trans Palestinians over the past couple of years. Um, I worked, I, I didn't work, but I was a part of a, a seminar with a post in uh, Ramallah. And that was beautiful because you got to connect with folks on the ground, um, ha- seeing how they conceptualize uh, gender and sexual expansiveness in Palestine, outside of Palestine and the diaspora. Um, just really, really beautiful things, right? Um, and just like being in struggle together across time and across space because you're doing it over Zoom is like pretty cool. Like you're thinking together, right? Um, yeah. Um, I don't know wh- where else to go with with talking about myself, but uh, I also have a TikTok. I don't know. Uh, oh, <laughs> what's your what's your username? It's, yeah. it's called. Uh, let me just write it up. Um, it it like kind of it kind of took off a little bit like it, oh. like people ended up like really liking what I talk about I guess on TikTok which is nice that's oh. affirming but it's also like very stressful and disgusting like it is like very it's very very like I I post like once a month now because it is so just it's so weird to have like people stare at things that you do um, yeah and so, people are. People are vicious on TikTok. Vicious, like the hate. That oh my god! Comment section on TikTok is unlike any other social media Un- platform. I don't. Like, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know why it's, it's crazy. TikTok specifically. I feel like, I, well, but. you know, I, I'm not on TikTok, so I'm just you know talking on my ass here. I'm just making stuff up. But I, <laughs> do um, it. Do it. I I feel like the algorithm like it sends instead of like showing you things you're gonna like. Like I, th- I think there's something about it that also sends you things that, that you're gonna hate, right? Like, oh yeah. It, it, I mean, like, no, no, no. That's like that's like, ab- more of those kinds of people, right? That is that's more than Instagram. True. Like that is Instagram. that is absolute fact though, because the algorithm for all these companies is to to engage, would keep you there as long as possible. Right. Don't care what the reason is. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's they'll, true. They'll just keep you. I just feel like Instagram versus TikTok. Like I, I think like TikTok is just 
amping up the, the thing that starts a forest fire, right? Like, it's oh, it's it's crack. it's yeah. it's it's on crack. Like, it's it's yeah. insane. And and like you know, for a, there's a lot of queer and trans Muslim creators on TikTok, or just people who like post. Um, and like so many, so many, so many straight Muslims just pop in and put hate. A lot of queer and trans Arabs are on TikTok also, and a lot of hate. Um, yeah, it's pretty insane. At the same time, I had decided because I was getting a lot of new followers on TikTok and because my relationship with my partner was getting a lot more serious, um, I decided to like tell my parents that I was queer, knowing what the consequences would be. Like I, I knew that shit was going to hit the fan and I did. And I ended up having to seek asylum in the US. And um, I documented that entire process on TikTok and uh, I think people resonated with it. I think people kind of were um, connecting to some of some of the elements of like just being in your own way, kind of committed, right? In a in a different way than, than the ways that other people do it. Um, but there's also a lot of harm that came with that, right? So I talk a lot about like coming in as opposed to coming out. I talk a lot about like just the different ways that we can move towards happiness and comfort and bravery and truth right that doesn't necessarily subscribe to fucking like coming out or what whatever those what whatever that process demands of you um mm. yeah coming in i like coming in yeah that's a cool phrase yeah it's it's like it, like yeah. it carries weight right coming in like brings it the does. agency to you like you're choosing who you're letting in right it's it it's no longer about what the fuck they're thinking or what the world is talking about right it's about it's you um wow yeah 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 that's yeah, amazing yeah. there's also something about like moving away from the idea that we all owe the world some kind of like unfiltered authenticity just yeah. because just just as a general right for you know right yeah. right it's like, why? Why do I owe you anything? Versus, <laughs> versus like choices you might make about how you navigate society. Cause like, mm. that's, I think that's going to make me happy. I think I'm going to get something for that. Mm. Or somebody else might benefit from that. And that's cool too. But like, right. not that I owe the universe in general. Right. No, I, exactly. Yeah, an x-ray of my selfhood. <laughs> exactly. No. And, and like, like it's, it's, I, I can't deny the irony of me saying exactly when like, my entire TikTok is like me fucking trauma dumping. Um, but um, it's, it's, there's also an element of like the person that is on TikTok, that's not me. That's like a persona. Like, I don't, I don't talk like, hi. <laughs> like, I don't talk like that 24 seven, right? Like, that's not a realistic portrait of you. So there's also, there's, there's something about queer and trans Arabs finding community on, in online spaces that's beautiful. And when queer and trans Arabs choose to share, mm -hmm. there's an element of, of like, um, what's the word? Spectatorship that, that mm -hmm. like happens because queer and trans Arabs don't see themselves online a lot. So when someone shares it, it's like, oh my God, like, you know, like this podcast, it's a, mm -hmm. it's, y'all are doing something here. You know what I mean? And there's an element of spectatorship that comes with doing a podcast like this. So it puts people in positions where they have to perform or they like have to show shit because now the world is looking you know <laughs> yeah and it's and it's weird when you're on that yeah that one side and you don't know who's 
who's receiving right. that information. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Scary. You know, I mean, yeah. we've, we've all got those personas going like my in real life self is a lot dumber than my podcast self. So. Right. You kind of have to like work on like yeah. the persona self. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I've developed enough of a persona here. I don't know. Maybe I should. I, mm. I, I keep working on it because I, I, I don't I hate sounding dumb on the podcast so like, I, <laughs> there, yeah Same. I feel like I have to kind of stop myself sometimes from saying just like saying stupid shit <laughs> but I, I, will say, I will say there's something about a podcast format that feels a lot less um, fishbowl-y than TikTok just because of the time commitment like if someone True. goes to this podcast like they're investing a whole hour if they want to get to anything juicy versus that's true someone can just scroll past you see 30 seconds and then be able to be like fuck you in the con like right that's it's true a lot more exposed without like that's true it's like time commitment is like a little bit of a yeah yeah but, thing, but kind of gatekeeping yeah but on tiktok there are those people who will like those haters who will like watch 20 of your videos in a row and comment on all of them and you're like oh That's thanks kind of yeah you're no, like that wild. is kind of flattering but the amount wow of, the amount yeah. of hate comments that i get from people who follow me oh it's it's hysterical like it's, it's so job. funny it's like you, incredible <laughs> you fools that was my plan all along <laughs> That was that was the plan all along. I mean, <laughs> look, it's it's engagement, algorithm like engagement, followers true, are followers, true, true, true. and true. if they're hate watching yeah. you forty times, guess what? It's the You're same like, as somebody who true. loves you. That's true. Sometimes yeah. I just post controversial shit that I don't believe in. I'm just like, let me just <laughs> let me just post yeah. it and see how mad. <laughs> I love it. Wait, like what? Yeah. Birds aren't like, real. Fucking, uh, let me let me pull up video. Okay. <laughs> you don't have TikTok, huh? No, I don't. Oh, yeah, wow. I do. I'm not much of a poster, but I am a spectator. I, yeah. I'm not a I'm not a hater unless like someone deserves it. But That's so funny. Um, I'm, I'll I'll send y'all yeah. a video that y'all can maybe add to a to the Instagram post. <laughs> like, yes. See see controversial TikTok. <laughs> yes. That's funny. I um, love it. Oh TikTok. Um, yeah. Cut. What a shit show TikTok is. What a shit show, truly. It's um I was just yeah, I, I don't know how many TikToks I send to Nadia in this <laughs> like group chat I'm in, but I send a lot. <laughs> now, now I know what's on TikTok. You and the middle schoolers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a shocking worry, we got you between us. I mean it's me and the middle school. It, it's short form trash and shockingly good how-to videos yes yeah. no literally exactly literally. yeah <laughs> sometimes you learn so much in a one minute tiktok video mm -hmm. and you're like i, I learn all that didn't learn that in a whole semester of some subject right <laughs> yeah i don't know i just feel maybe i'm just annoying and countercultural, but like it all makes me just want to like like, no, I want long format things. I'm only listening to long podcasts and reading books because I feel, I feel that. I like everything being short. I get oh, that. Our, our attention, like, fair. especially yeah. mine, like, I watch a lot of TikToks. Like, my attention span is, like, very low. Like, I, I like, I, yeah. yeah, like, I need breaks in movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, sometimes oh. you just want something light and disposable to occupy right. your time and leave you happy. You right. don't, right. you don't need, yeah, like, but I'm gonna, nah, 
this is just where I'm at today. This isn't my opinion or anything. This is just how I feel right now. Like, okay, oh, yeah. gosh, I will watch an hour of The Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is there a new, is there a new season? No, I don't think so. I'm watching. Oh, it. I was about to figure <laughs> out. This. I, I mean, yeah. it, and it's not yeah, just yeah. like TikTok that's disposable, like short form, like media. It's like, I will read meaningless, like fiction novels just because, you know, they're my jam. Yeah. yeah, they're novels. They're long. Or not novels are like, fucking long. I haven't yeah, read a novel in so long. But it's but it's like not a novel that says anything original or challenging. It's just, oh hey, I, I like this particular type of trash. That's fine. That's it's not good. about it's not about quality. I'm just like I I feel there's just too much task switching and I just need to focus on one thing for a little bit. Felt. Even if it's utter trash. Felt. Yeah. I feel that. <laughs> yeah you are good at i've noticed that about nadia and i used to live together so i oh I have that wait where where yeah. does everyone live where are y'all located uh new york nadia and oh, i are cool. in new york ellie's in houston yeah. oh cool. okay wait ellie you're in houston i'm in austin oh wait well, what <laughs> oh. oh my god i didn't realize you were in texas <laughs> yes i, I, I am it, yeah oh, okay oh wow i'm totally in texas um no, i'm not you... in texas for those listening but i might be in texas I mean, oh. hey, hey, uh, hit me up after the show. Anyway. We'll hang yes. out. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, what, what, what's up in Austin? Like, what? Um, nothing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I literally nothing. It's cheap um, compared to where I was living. Um, but because I went to school at Stanford, right, and I lived in Santa Cruz, I ended up moving to Austin because it was a lot cheaper to live in Texas. Um, I work like multiple jobs, so part like. I do work with Queer Crescent, but I also work um, at this cool nonprofit consulting firm, and then I work in tech. So I do a lot of different things. Um, but Austin's cute. Austin's like, you know, it has a cute clubbing scene, tiny as hell, yeah. but it's cute. Um, it the cute. food is the yeah. food is phenomenal, mm -hmm. um, yeah. and the lake is gorgeous. So it has it like yeah, it has its it has its perks. <laughs> and hill the hill country is really pretty. Gorgeous. Like oh my God. Area. Oh my yeah. God. There's a winery that we go to there that is just like, oh, oh my nice. God, it's beautiful. Yeah. Also um, terrifying after dark. Horrifying. We wanted oh. to go stargazing and then we saw the options on Airbnb. We were scared. <laughs> like we were, oh, we were, God. we were scared for sure. <laughs> yeah. Texas Wait, isn't scary? all sunshine, sunshine and roses, like, folks. Are you talking scary in the sense of like people's, sh people being shitty or like it being like in the dark like will like both. wilderness <laughs> shit oh both okay both. i mean because like, you're you're in the dark alone and yeah. it's hill country texas like i don't <laughs> yeah i mean not only there's shitty people there are wolves yeah oh oh all the options right. on airbnb were like tents too and i didn't want to die <laughs> that sounds yeah, really that's intense a, that's a fair decision right oh <laughs> god <laughs> Look, it's been like six yeah, episodes since I've. Scary. It's been six episodes since I've done a shitty pun. You're welcome. <gasps> Wait, I, I missed puns. it. Oh, oh, there were nothing God. but tense, and it was very intense. intense. Oh God, <laughs> Ellie. I hate puns with my entire being. Which oh. is why I love them. If I could delete something <laughs> out of this world, it would be puns. <laughs> For so that, funny. you should be punished. <laughs> You're about to I hate like, it. I yeah. hate it so much. Oh my god. 
Ellie, why are you into like, like harmful? This is like you're creating a harmful. This is harm. This is. I feel unsafe. I feel unsafe. Personally, personally, (laughs) I'm triggered. Actually, surprise. You know, I feel like this is not a safe place for people who love puns. Uh, yes. That I can agree with you on. That I can agree with you. That is harm that I subscribe to. <laughs> I am going to. Uh, you guys are just being impunsible. Neutral. Ellie? I know that's the worst. Um, okay. <laughs> As someone who likes. He's penetrated their psyches. Stop. Oh, I want to cry. Uh, I want to cry right now. Okay. As someone who usually likes puns, I'm actually hurting right now. I those. have never liked puns, but I've been in pain uh, this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, <laughs> how do we get away from this, like, realm? Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, going back to some of the organizing that you do, you said that you've, like, um, uh, can you talk a little bit more about, like, the organizing you do surrounding Palestine? Um, yeah. Sorry, this yeah. conversation. Should... No, sorry. Uh, I'm, or, just or, to, I'm just trying to get... Should we call it Palestine? I'm kidding. Oh, That's my awful. God. That's awful. Nadia, I'm doing everything I can to get away from this pun situation. Like, <laughs> it just like went really downhill. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a little no, hard. Yeah, just, and, and let her just, talk. Just I've, let me have a really not smooth transition. Okay. <laughs> All I know is I have not thought about protesting or Palestine enough to do efficient puns. Puns, punistine, punistine is good. Um, it's not, it's not good. It's actually it's terrible. It's but... horrifying. <laughs> um, but yes, I do. I, I organize for Palestine in the capacity that I'm able to because I feel like my focus right now is geared a lot towards queer and trans Muslims. But um, I've done work with Students for Justice in Palestine when I was at Stanford um, and uh, did some work with El Paus, who's the queer and trans uh kind of, yeah, queer, we I wouldn't call them that, but we they're, yeah, them. they're like sexual and gender expansive folks in uh, Palestine, right, in Ramallah. Um, it's dope, right, because the work is incredible, and uh, there's a constant need to talk about Palestine, right? Recently, the bombing of Gaza, right, again, the assaults on Gaza are repeating again and again and again. This is another major assault on Gaza. Um, people are being slaughtered, right? Resistance fighters are being slaughtered. Folks are um, just constantly being terrorized by this settler colonial regime, right, that needs to be abolished, right, and you can't help but think about the different ways that people talk about um, Palestine in the U.S., right, there's a normalization project that has happened over the past 70 fucking years in the U.S., and um, right now when people talk about Palestine or they talk about Israel, there is a tendency to um, move towards either a concept of a two-state solution or a concept of normalizing Israel as a state that should continue to exist, right? Maybe not in a in a light of two-state solutions, but in a light of, oh, Israel, it's part of the norm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's horrible. That's an awful thing, right? It doesn't actually commit to abolition, to abolishing the settler colonial state of Israel, right? And to, to have it cease to exist, right? That's that's Palestinian liberation, right? From the river to the sea. Um, and as a result of that, as a result of that normalization, there's this idea of the perfect victim, right? Like 
folks only talk about Palestine where children are dying, right? When children are being slaughtered, right? And that's that's kind of the narrative that you see across everyone talking about Palestine right now in the U.S. Um, there's a level of dehumanization that happens towards Palestinian men, right? Palestinian elders, um, and specifically resistance fighters who are seen as terrorists, who are seen as militants, right? The, the ways that the media is covering Palestine right now, right? The headlines that are being used, compare them to the headlines that were being used when Ukrainians were fucking, uh, wow, five, I can't use fucking anymore. Um, where, <laughs> um, where Ukrainians are fucking, oh, see, I failed. Now I owe you something. Um, are, 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 right, I, I, oh, to contextualize the, the, what we're saying about fuck, but, but you're saying something more. Oh, we'll oh yeah. right, right. I should, I should, I should <laughs> add context there. Actually, let me do the more important word. No, I'm kidding. Um, but, um, no, but the ways that the media has been talking about Palestine compared to the way this, that they've been talking about Ukraine, right? Ukrainians are resisting, they're fighters, they are folks who are brave, right? right? Where Palestinians are militants, they're terrorists, they're a part of, uh, they're kind of responding with rockets, right? They are so evil. Um, that's not the full picture, that's not a picture that carries the weight of mm -hmm. Israel's colonization, apartheid, right? Both of those, right? folks run yeah. with the idea of an apartheid state and the the assumption there is that you apologize you abolish apartheid and that's it it stops right the issue is not that israel is an apartheid state apartheid the issue is that it's an apartheid state apartheid and state right <laughs> there's both of those in those settler colony um so it, it it and over the past several days like it's been fucking hard like just seeing all that, right? And at the same time carrying the weight of Palestine, right? And trying to organize for Palestine, trying to direct funds towards Palestine, right? Towards building Gaza, um, rebuilding Gaza after the constant onslaught. Um, so yeah, I don't, it's, it's, it's very frustrating. It's very uh, disheartening. Um, and free Palestine, like you can't really say anything else. Um, yeah, free Palestine. And also, yeah. um, yeah, even in like liberal spaces, I mean, there's so many people who have this conception of like being anti-Israel as being anti-Semitic. Yeah, so many people have a hard time separating that, and like, yeah, no one is. That's not what anyone means. Yeah, and that's a direct result of the Zionist project. Like, that's not that's it's not surprising at all, right? Because there is a fundamental, um, literal Zionist evangelical. It's a Zionist evangelical lobby group that works hard in U.S. Congress to normalize Israel in ways that conflate Zionism with Judaism, in ways that conflate anti-Zionism with anti-Semitism, right? People have a hard time separating the two because they've been fed this lie that Israel is a representation of Judaism or the representation of the Jewish people, right? It is a ethno-supremacist, ethno-religious supremacist state, right? That's what it is, right? It's not salvation, it's fucking colonization, right? Um, and people have a hard time wrapping their head around that because also there's a deep history of anti-Semitism in the US and in the Middle East, right? Like you can't talk about yeah. Israel reasonably uh, without talking about the, the anti-Semitism that exists in the larger Arab region, right? So, um, Zionism is powerful because it relies on that already existing reality that also needs to be addressed and abolished. Um, 
yeah, all all that, all that. Yeah. Oh, some context about the fuck before. The- <laughs> oh yeah. Before- before- I, love our, I love our whiplash before- <laughs> and transitioning. Um, yeah. to, I'm getting so emotionally uh, confused, but that's okay. I know it's yeah. okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Um, before the podcast started, I don't even know if we recorded at the start of the podcast or if we agreed on no, it. No, so no one knows what's what's going on with that. Oh, oh, right. Okay, so we. I was asking like, what what is the like, what's cursing like? Is it chill? Is it not? And uh, they're like, oh my god, it's fine. It's chill. Uh, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna try to limit it to five fuck words, fuck words, five words that say fuck, <laughs> but whatever, whatever the phrase is. But I have to, I could have only said it five times, and if I did that, then we would. And then I said that it has bed. to be exactly five, like no more, no. No, less. but I right. said min- I said minimum of five, so we didn't right. give clear guidance. There was no here. clear no, guidance. No, no, but yeah. no clear guidance. The ending, the ending decision was. Not only it's, that, it, it it's not a minimum, it's not a maximum, but it's like the exact exactly five. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. So instructions five. unclear. Too many fucks given. Too many. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. That you was wait. great. Did you go? That was back good. To the, okay, you that was actually good. Was that a pun? Does that like does that count as a pun or is that I a think different it is category? A it's more it of a, a wordplay. Yeah, yeah. That's a, I feel like that's a little bit different. That's category good. Than puns. That's good. Okay. Word, it, word, it, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. be, I'll, I'm good with wordplays. Puns are awful, but wordplays, I'll get, I'll get behind that. Oh, <laughs> uh, you would die at. I know there's those like pun. Um, what are those things like at? They have like pun competitions. Oh, Punderdome. Punderdome. Oh my god. Yeah. Awful. I did not know this existed, and now I must have it. You're oh. gonna get the prize from that whatever the prize is you'll you'll be getting it <laughs> oh god okay, okay so yeah. anyway should we like uh, take another emotional whiplash and, and go go for it sure i mean this is also just being queer trans and arab means you're in constant emotional whiplash so this yeah, is exactly. very fitting you know? i'm like i'm like, convinced like half our audience is adhd anyway so that's fine like we're yeah, just probably going back i probably do I, I don't know um yeah. <laughs> but uh no what am i saying oh um back to your point about the having to make the perfect victim um mm-hmm. i feel like that shows up in so many situations like mm-hmm. even uh like alia you were talking about um like the media coverage with ukraine they're trying to be like yes these brave wonderful people and you were like well actually i know a lot of shitty ukrainians and i think yeah they not die right like um, what and right. i'm like like a lot of all, actually all people literally all people like you can be right. shitty and not die I'm like even the assholes don't need <laughs> yeah. to be dying right. like what I, these specific like, ones deserve to yeah be yeah because and wars are photo. because wars yeah. are selective and clean like that it's like right we, right right it's like, it's like you don't you don't have to be a perfect person or this like i don't know to to deserve to live so it's like right. i was saying what about like assholes who happen to be ukrainian they also deserve to live too. right right I so i was just commenting at, yeah how the media yeah. uses like these, it, these like ped- puts people on pedestals and yeah it's selectively like, yeah if anyway. a kid is like killed by the cops and they have to be like they were the perfect student and it's like also if people get seized they shouldn't be killed either yeah exactly right, <laughs> like, right. i mean that's how that's that's most media coverage of any yeah. any media coverage of a black man being murdered by the cops yeah. right it's they the either the coverage showcases like mug shots right to try to yeah 
kind of flare up some random shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or they start mentioning all the good stuff. Okay, but what if a black man who doesn't have the good stuff, right, yeah. is, is also murdered by the cops, right? So there's, yeah. also there's that, okay. that desire that desire to show I mean, the perfect victim. Is it okay is, if we just don't have cops summarily execute people? So, what yeah, exactly. Like, like just execute people whenever they feel like it without. Right. Oh, like, literally, like that's like that a, that's what's happening. Animal. Like yeah. what? I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not against I'm. It's like I'm not against cops killing bad people. I'm against cops killing anyone. Yeah, I'm against cops. <laughs> like you know, what I, I mean, mean like, just I, let's start with cops. cops. Yeah. yeah, let's start with cops right there. Just yeah, just exactly. um, just against cops. Right. Yeah. No. It's it's. The perfect victim right it's like that that idea that that's what media thrives off of and it ultimately ends up influencing the ways that people empathize with the call yeah. for liberation right um what yeah. type of liberation what type of liberation that's an important question what type of abolition that's also an important question um yeah yeah and even even and going back to like context of Palestine even mm -hmm. when children are um the ones featured in like a news article or something yeah there's still these like very specific like biased words that the media yeah. uses oh yeah even even for that demographic um, yeah like children yeah um, and yeah. As, as far right as it can go like you know they'll use anything from human shields to anything from oh it, it was just a child who died the dad wasn't yeah. there. We don't know what the fucking dad was doing, right? It, like, yeah. there's an entire yeah. other person, other people that were killed, right? When you're trying to talk about the death count, right? The death toll, it's beyond just the numbers of kids and women who've been killed and slaughtered, right? Um, yeah. But yeah. again, this is, this is just a small part, a tiny part of, like, the larger struggle for liberation, right? Um, right. It just contributes in very insidious ways and in a way that functions really well in the U.S. because of the media conglomerate, right? And the ways that lobbying groups actually work. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like we, I mean, you see it through programs like Birthright. There's a clear stance. Yeah. There's a clear stance of like the the literal term birthright and yeah. who, who is allowed to participate. Like right. we have our answer. Right. What? What? This is more like birth wrong, which is a pun. <laughs> more like birth wrong. I that was it. okay. I. It's awful. God, you and Ellie are just like. <laughs> um. But yes, birthright. Me. Literally, birthright. Birthright. Like their entire programming is built on the premise that there's no such thing as Palestine. Like the maps that they hand out for folks who participate in the program. Are maps that erase Palestine off the map, right? And then you have people who go there and like react and things. But why are you in birthright in the first place, right? Why are you there, right? Even movements like BDS from within, right? Any type of like movement that normalizes Israel as a state is something that you need to be wary of. So when you talk about politics, right, you can go all the way from talking about the way that the media works, right, in terms of just trying to educate people about Palestine. But even when you're talking about folks who are for the liberation of Palestine, who say free Palestine, what is that politics, right? Do you mean free Palestine in the way that Palestinians mean free Palestine? If not, that's a problem, right? Because you're not doing the listening. Um, yeah. Oh, Palestine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then 
Yeah, and then one more rant. Um, social media is shitty and the algorithms are shitty and people who use the word Palestine quote too many times are silenced yeah. and shadow banned. And like, yeah. that's another big factor here where information is not getting as far as it should. Yep. Um, and that is also deliberate. Um, so yeah. yeah. That's, uh, it's it's not just, a conspiracy point. It's just it's just no, it's not, it's, yeah. it's it's no it's it's yeah. adver it's advertiser dollars basically. It's like right. oh we exactly you know like none none of this is conspiracy. Like also no. like corporations like run America. Like we're like none of this is conspiracy. Lobbies exist. You know what I mean? Like it's like that that's all part of the fabric of a capitalist settler colony, right? It's like you're not going to deny the silencing of voices that call for the liberation of all people, right? This happens mm -hmm. to folks who fight for Black lives. This happens to folks who fight for indigenous sovereignty, right? This happens to folks across all struggles for liberation. It's whack as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Any start now? Oh. What? I was just gonna say, if anything, I think like the amount of money that has to be invested to make this seem like the norm, it kind of mm -hmm. shows how not intuitive it is. Right. Like how, yeah. like birthright, that's a very expensive thing. Right. That's, that's hard work. That's that hard much. work to, to show yeah. a single narrative. Right, you're really right. putting like, in. If, if it was inherent that like Israel is an extension of uh, Jewish identity, Right. Why, why would there need to be so much funneled in to making that be the right? Like, if right. It was yeah. You wouldn't need to invest so much money in it. Right. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like there, there is an element. Like, I have to say, there is an element of the land, right, being yeah. an element of Jewish identity, right, and that's no one can deny that. The Zionist element of the settler colony is what the real issue is, right? Because Zionism as a political ideology is ethno-supremacist. It doesn't allow for non-Jews to survive, to thrive in that land, right? So there's, it's like a, it's hard work. It's definitely hard work to create a single narrative. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew of someone who converted to Judaism, who like, she grew up Lutheran in the Midwest. She converted to Judaism mm -hmm. starting at like age 16 or something. Mm -hmm. And she got to go on birthright. And so like, See? if you look at that versus like a Palestinian with generations. Um, I've never been. <laughs> like, I've never there been to go. Palestine. See? See? I've literally like, never been to Palestine. It's like, she's like, the one who gets this free trip right. to, to quote Israel. Right. Um, yeah. And you are, you haven't been able to go. Right. To yeah. Palestine. No, it's, yeah. it's stupid. <laughs> yeah. In the simplest of ways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, that's like all you can say. Like, it's like a, a few stretches to go from like, this land has importance in my spirituality. There's importance right. in the landmarks there. So I need to like politically support. Right. It's colonizers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that, there's just a whole lot of leaps yeah. going between those two things. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
Wow, this was oh, yeah. quite the combo. Oh, like Thank you. Fuck for... a few more times. Yeah, I'm gonna say fuck five times. Fuck, 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 fuck. Fuck, 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 fuck. Fuck, 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 fuck. We're manifesting a spell. Don't leave us hanging. But I'm the one who usually says fuck. Why? Why do I have to say fuck? I mean, what the what the fuck? Okay, fine. I mean, are you gonna fucking tell me to say fuck there five times? You won't get the satisfaction of it five times in a row. Um, like it just rolls off the tongue. You don't have to. I just did. Understand. Okay. Yeah, you did. You did. Um, I'm proud of you for that. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, sure. Snuck them in. Um, so <laughs> on that note, Hansa, how can people, um, I know you've talked about your TikTok. Are there any other social media platforms you would yeah, you can follow me. Follow you on. Yeah, you can follow me on TikTok at Hammy and Be Whammy. Um, I know one of my ex-girlfriends used to call me that. It's hysterical because it's so fucking That's so cute. Um, I know, I know. She didn't know, but she knew. She knew I was a doll when she started calling me that. Um, and uh, on Instagram, just my first and last name. I'm assuming like it's I can say them. I got at Hamza Dawood. Um, at Hammy and Um and oh, if you want to take the survey, I'm gonna say it because I know you mm-hmm. have it linked on stuff, but I also want to say it in case people just like are listening to the podcast and yeah. they don't want to like go to the description. But it is y'all can head to the Bitly, so it's bit.ly right b-i-t dot l-y uh, forward slash queer Muslim survey queer. Oh. Muslim survey. It's very that's easy. easy. Okay, that's yeah. Easy. No, it's easy to Great. remember. So bitly yeah. forward slash queer Muslim survey. Um, take the survey. We would love to document our lived experiences. Um, yeah. it'll help us. It'll help us have better lives. I mean, <laughs> especially if you're some sort of like queer Muslim unicorn of some sort, please take the survey. Right. Represent. Please, please, literally, if you feel like your experience isn't heard within the queer and trans Muslim community, take the survey. We want to listen to you. You know, I'm I'm double nudging any tra- any trans folks out there. Take the survey. Yeah. And then for anyone for anyone who happens to listen to this before Amara's episode, um, can you explain a little bit like what do you mean by Muslim? Like how how can people relate to Islam and like yeah, you know, and yeah. Li- literally anything and everything. It like, and by that I mean we're talking about being culturally Muslim. We're talking about being politically Muslim. We're talking about being uh, a Muslim that prays five times a day, right? A Muslim that doesn't, a Muslim that is like grew up in Islam but doesn't really talk about Islam a lot or doesn't really engage with it a lot. You're still Muslim, right? This idea that your experience might have been tied to Islam in any shape or form, and you still identify with the term by in any capacity. Um, take the survey. Like we want to hear your experience, right? Because at some point you are engaging with Islam in any shape or form, right? Um, when we say culturally, you might do Ramadan or do Eids, but not do any of the, you know, prayers or whatever, um, and that you still count as Muslim, right? Um, we at Queer Crescent we like to deconstruct what pra- practicing Muslim means, right? Um, and see all the different ways that folks are part of the ummah right and specifically the queer and trans ummah there's beauty in that um, i mean so yeah anyone and everyone <laughs> like beautiful I, I i always take it like are you answering anything other than a solid no then take it right literally literally if if it's not a no take it <laughs> like me and 
Like for better or worse, <laughs> no. But yes, uh, yeah, yeah, no, literally. <laughs> but if you say, well, it oh, yeah, depends. You don't, have, you don't even like. That's true. You, your, both sides of your family are Christian, right? Okay. I mean, yeah. the the okay. closest I get is like one aunt who married in. Yeah. yeah see. So yeah, anyway. if you're, if you're, again, if it's a full no, don't take it. Obviously, but if it's anything that's not a no, take it. Okay, I, actually, this convinced me that I, I, I actually, I actually, I think I should. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I no, literally. Are, yeah. Did y'all did y'all grow up Muslim? Like, what what was that? No, what was about? but my my father is Muslim, and oh my, yeah, his whole his whole family. Um, they're Saudi Muslim, so yeah. You no, know this, what? Like the yeah, survey asks literally about me. like yeah. your experience with your dad. That's that's inherent to your understanding of queer and trans Islam, right? Not necessarily how you relate to Islam, but like you know, you had a father figure who had Islam in his life, and that right. influenced the way that you move through the world, like your relation to him. I'm assuming, obviously, that's kind of the the norm in our communities. Yeah, yeah um, I mean, totally. yeah. So, so, so to summarize. If you say it's complicated, it's a good example, yeah. Yes, then if it's complicated. Yes. Take the survey, like there, because because some of the questions in there are about you know your relationship to sex and sexuality, right, and the ways that you experience um, sexual education in Muslim communities, right? Did you all learn the birds and the bees from your parents? I didn't, right? So the, the, even that is also an element that showcases that experience, right? Um, and if you did, that's good to know, right? Oh my God, like your Muslim dad talk to you about the birds and the bees that's great you know like all of that is important yeah. to, to to learn actually i would i would love to see like i know this is not the kind of survey where you can like see who are the exceptions because that's like a huge violation of privacy but like right i'm actually like i would, I would be so curious about the people who are like yeah i got great like got great sex ed for my parents yeah no or we're, like, we're or even in the the, yeah. the there's a yeah. we're curious about that as well so listeners take this survey if you if if this <laughs> resonates with you, you um few minutes describes you in any way yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can follow us at the usual places the queer arabs on facebook twitter and instagram um thequeerarabs.com and if you want to email us about something thequeerarabs at gmail.com nice god that's why do i always fuck that up now you got this down <laughs> Sorry for like all the puns, not to name any names, but two people in this group subjected you to. Not to name uh, <laughs> Ellie, Nadia. Ellie, Nadia. Um, yeah, um, not at all. Not at all. <laughs>